Hey, you're listening to The Freedom You Show, where each week we explore the issues of sexual addiction and recovery so that in every area of your life, you can live free and you can live well. show it's Kevin and Doug here and we're talking about why it's so hard to get help for sexual problems mm-hmm. yeah this is a this is a big topic Doug uh, this is something that you know keeps guys locked up keeps people you know in pain and and disconnection and it's like a lot of hurting people out there but it seems like not a lot of people at this point anyway, are really getting the help that they need to get well. You know, I so agree, and it's especially true for the men. Like I've noticed, you know, not just sexual problems, but any problems. i got to go to the doctor. My my finger hurts. You know, my my tummy hurts. Like a a woman will, like, go get help and get it quick. Yeah, well, we're we're kind of taught, you know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Real men don't cry. You know, we got to be tough. We've got to put on that... Marlboro Man exterior, you know, when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. In the 60s, you know, when I was a teenager growing up. uh, Well, I don't want to date myself that much, but I was a kid in in the 60s. And the Marlboro Man was my example of what a true man really was. And a Marlboro Man would never cry, would never ask for help, by himself, isolated. (laughs) You know, I'd I'd like to think that things have really changed, but, and I think they have changed some. But still, a lot of that's still true. And most of our teaching and training, our, our social conditioning, is that, uh, you know, just be tough, suck it up, and get by somehow. Don't ask for directions. Classical, classic, don't, oh my God. Don't read the directions. I'm still not that healthy yet, okay? Yeah, how many times have we put the, put things together three or four times and then finally looked at the instruction well, sheet? Oh, yeah. And realized we were doing step four before step one, two, and three, and that's why we couldn't put the oh, thing yeah. together, right? Oh, and, yeah, and thank God for Google Maps. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have to deal with the fact that I'm somehow ashamed of the fact that I don't know where I'm going and I need help. Yeah, and Siri makes it a lot easier for oh, us now, you know, yeah. so that we can actually right. ask for directions without actually asking a real human being. Why is that? Why do you think it's so hard to ask well, for help? Well, I, I mean, I think that our self-sufficiency is born out of our, our distrust for people, number one, and our fear of rejection, our fear of being vulnerable in showing weakness. And I think it really kind of boils down to shame in a lot of ways. We don't feel like we're enough. Uh, and so we have to pretend that we're strong, that we're oh, okay, yeah. that, that we know enough, that, that we can handle everything. Because if we're vulnerable, then we're exposed. And if we're exposed, then we can be hurt in some way or minimized in some way. So we end up minimizing, denying, to not be minimized or denied. (laughs) I I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I get you. No, I hear you. You know, I'll tell you something I've noticed a lot. And, you know, and that is that actually there's a big difference between seeking help for a sexual problem and a toothache. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's like. Say, hey, I've got a toothache over here. You know, I'm not going to get thrown under the bus for a toothache. <laughs> All right. But if I'm like, if, if I'm like hitting the massage parlors, yeah. you know, if I'm doing double time at the park, you know, it's like, I will get thrown under the bus for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, and think about this, like, you know, you go and get help for alcohol problems. 
you know, and, and you go through a year and you're telling everybody, your friends, people at work, hey, I just got my one year chip, you know, an Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been sober for one year. And everybody's like, wow, that's so great. That's amazing, Doug. You're, you're an amazing guy. But then you take the guy who, you know, is going through SAA, you know, the Sexual Addictions Anonymous, and, and he gets his one-year chip, you know, being free of some right. sort of deviant sexual behavior. And he comes to his office and he says, hey, guys, I just got my one-year chip. I haven't, like, gone to a massage parlor. I haven't seen a prostitute. I haven't, you know, masturbated to porn in a year. And they're all like, oh, crap. What do we do with this? Because most of those guys in there, number one, are dealing with it themselves and they're in hiding. And so now you're exposing them, bringing it up for them. And so they're going to have reaction formation against you. They're not going to be your buddies anymore. (laughs) No, they're not. They're going to be afraid their wives are going to find out you just did that. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons why people would avoid seeking help. You know, and these are certainly some of them. You know, it's something we haven't covered yet. You said, tell you know, when we are, you know, in denial, when we're actually kind of hiding the truth from ourselves, that this is really hurting us and really hurting our family. I mean, seeking help, you kind of like, it's, you're kind of admitting to yourself, like, there's a problem here. And yeah. once you, once you do that, you kind of start looking at like, how big is this problem? And besides myself, who else is hurting? And all of a sudden that brings on some, some emotional pain. But, but also, like, leading up to that point, you know, if any of these guys that are listening to our podcast here are like me, I tend to minimize the, the, the damage that I'm doing to myself and to others around oh, me. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I'm, like, thinking, okay, well, I actually have this in control. And by the way, that was the last time I'm ever going to do this. I, I'm actually going to change now. And then to find myself in the same hamster wheel cycle again of just the ping pong ball just going back and forth in my head until I act out again. Well, you know, the truth is, you know, asking for help is the opposite of denial. It's the opposite of minimization. And turning turning a new direction like that, it's like the whole self is going, "Uh uh-oh. Because there's reasons why we deny. There's reasons why we minimize. Because it hurts. Yeah. The truth is painful. It's really painful. And so I'm going. I'm going to go ask. Some, I'm going to go ask for some help so that I can really feel the pain now. I mean, who wants to go feel more pain? Right. Who? I mean, you know, who likes to go yeah. to the dentist? Like what you yeah. were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's like makes sense to yeah. go to the dentist. Yeah. Everybody applauds you for going to the dentist, but it still doesn't feel good. Yeah. I'm sorry about <laughs> your. Sorry about your decay, but I don't have any Novocaine today. But we need to get it out, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like who wants to do that? Right, and I mean, dealing with sexual issues is way worse than going to the dentist, obviously, because you're exposing the deepest, darkest secrets of your life, basically. You're becoming so vulnerable. And also, there's a fear like like you're going to be punished. You're going to, and, and most of the time, and you, you are. And you might. You know, and the, the consequences for our actions oftentimes are very devastating and and, and it adds more crisis to and, the original crisis sure, of the sexual. Sure. And we just kind of want to duck it. Or I don't know about you, but like I used to uh, procrastinate doing yeah. my homework when I was a kid in school. And, yeah. he, and I would just like, and the later it got, I mean, there's a point where I like, oh, well, I'm, I can't get any points at all now since it's two weeks late. And I just take my lumps. But I kept on avoiding yeah. facing, you know, consequences as they got worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like you know, many compulsive oriented people, I mean, they just have a problem even paying their bills on time. Like they, 
They, they have the money in the bank, but they just wait till the last second, and then they're usually on the phone with the customer service representative, you know, making some lame excuse that they've heard already a thousand times that day about how you were, you were, you were traveling, you got sick, you know, you, you didn't get the letter in the mail, whatever it is, and now you're like, it's almost like we want to live in that crisis. And, and it's almost like that crisis has become our friend, like, like the, whole, the whole ritual, the, the shame, the guilt, the, 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 the risk. Risk of getting caught. Of getting caught, all of that is almost like, it's almost like it's our friend and we've learned to live in that kind of crisis. Well, and so we're like yeah. looking to just procrastinate in taking care of it because down deep, we really don't want to give it up. You know, it's, that makes sense. And, you know, and again, I, all those feelings, they, you know, they actually are, they're kind of, I'll use the word, you know, they're attractive, they're addictive to us. I mean, that feel is true. You know, it's like we go after that feeling. We go after that risk. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Yeah. Well, what do you think of this? You know, one, one thing is like, there's all these reasons why we don't want to do it. Why we don't want to ask for help. It all makes sense. But here's another reality. Help is actually kind of hard to find. It, it's, it's very difficult. I know when I was going through my stuff, like I was trying to find resources in my own city. And most of the therapists didn't know what they were talking about when it came to sexual compulsions. I mean, they may have even had like experience with drug and alcohol addictions and things like that that they were dealing with. But, but like... I had to like get a lot of my resources from books, YouTube, and that was even few and far between. And so it's like, true. And it's not like you can shout out on Facebook. Anybody know a good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sexually compulsive disorder therapist right. out there for me? Right. Oh, for a friend? Right. I mean, who's going to do that? Right. right. Exactly. It's like, Hey, um, I've been going to like massage parlors and, uh, I, I'd really like to figure out like, like uh, from all of you, uh, all of you girls out there who are against sex trafficking and stuff like that, like, like, do you know any resources that I could go to that could help me out so that I wouldn't be exploiting women anymore? <laughs> like, I mean, like, come social, on. social suicide. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh gosh. I mean, it's like you tell people once again. You know, it's like you tell people you're going to get help for a drug addiction. You know, dr you know, drug problem. Uh, a, uh, a food problem, you know, sure. sleep disorder, whatever. They're like, oh, that's great. But like, hey, you know, I really need to get some help with my sex problem. It's like, what? Get the women and children. In fact, get everybody out of here. In fact, you get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you anymore. That's true. And so, you know, so, so it is hard to find resources because and, we can't even ask. Well, and the rest, we yeah. can't even ask people. And they're like a, they're like a medical specialist. It's just kind of rare. Right. There's just not that many. Right. I mean, this whole, the, the research on sexual compulsivity is, is really fairly new. I mean, insurance companies don't even recognize it as a medical model disease as they would alcoholism or, or drug addiction as that's true. Model that's true, but it's addiction. okay with me. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I candidly don't believe, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts that, you know, chemical dependency is an addiction or alcoholism is an addiction. I understand that there, there's a compulsion there and behavioral brain ruts 
that we've created and and it's a long process getting out of that but that's not our identity exactly but but it, it's it's like the, this this whole field of sexual compulsivity is so new that insurance companies aren't even recognizing oh, it. Yeah. So it means that there aren't a whole lot of resources oh, yeah. available. There are just a few books and a few people talking about it. Oh yeah, and you know, and here's something I've seen. It's like you know, one is a primary resource is inpatient facilities. Yes. And you're, it's wrapped around. Oh, you're that's gonna have, a great. You're going to have coaches and classes and group community and input and safety which is great for, you know, 30 days or 60 days if you have a little more net worth. But basically... A little more. Well, you hear what I'm saying. You're 40 to 60 grand for 30 days. I realize that. And you're just going to pet horses and, well, and playing well, pig crap. There's and, more than that. I mean, I don't want to put down inpatient facilities that much, except that when it comes down to getting as, as much treatment as you can, you know, it's not the best way to go. I'll well, tell you, put this way. Yeah. I can think of a better way to spend $60,000 than it would cost for an inpatient facility on getting well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with, you know, given the fact that at the end of that, they're going to tell you, you need to get into a program. And go get well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. Why don't you like exactly. give Freedom you a little bit of that forty grand and get real help well, you know, and live free and well in your life as opposed to like spending... That, yeah, but, but but on the but on the other hand, I mean, if you're like in such crisis, and and you really are like suicidal, I mean, you just can't manage your life right now because of the crisis, and you have the luxury of spending forty grand out of some some kitty fund somewhere, like go for it. But just realize that that's not going to be the cure all. That's not going to be the ultimate help. Oh, not but at all. But when you like get a, when you go online and you start researching. Because these hospitals that are like conglomerates of other hospitals and have so many different like departments of, of addiction that they help and treat, you know, they're number one through 10 on, on Google, your Google search. So it seems like all that's available is an inpatient program that's going to cost you 40 to 60 grand unless you pretend like you're suicidal and can convince your insurance company to yeah. pay for some of it. Right. You know, so that's just not a very good alternative right. for most people. Also, given the fact that they can't leave their jobs for 30 days, uh, otherwise they're going to lose everything. They're going to make their situation even worse. They're going to lose their house or their their job, maybe. You know, and so that's that's really not a valid alternative for most people. Well, it's a rarity you know. where it's really a good fit. Yeah, yeah and that makes yeah. it difficult to get help. You know, and, and the other part too is like, unless you already are expert, you really don't know where to find experts. Yeah, and 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 again, and while there are experts, most of these experts are private practitioners. You know, either they might be working in an agency or they're individuals, and like their gig is like, hey, an hour a week. Yeah. Or if you want to go, okay. Right. And that's essentially the level, of, and that's valuable. I, I'm not putting that down, but I, it's not comprehensive. No. Because I mean, reality is like you do need a group experience and community. Right. Because we we you know. Our listeners who are dealing with sexual issues in their life, they, they didn't get into this through community. Sure. You know, they, they it happened through isolation, exactly. disconnection. Exactly. You know, and a lack of intimacy. And the only way to get free is through community and vulnerability and intimacy. And this is why I like community. Free, this is why I like Freedom You. Yeah. Because it, it provides the high quality therapy. It provides the community. It provides the ongoing comprehensive help and services. And, and you know, some you know how it is, but when you're actually, you know, really 
coming off of. I mean, when you're halting the, your problem behavior, your urges and your compulsions can be really strong. And you frankly need somebody who's one quick phone call away. And a therapist somewhere is not going to be able to do that. No, because they're, they're going to have, you know, their, 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 their patient, therapist, they're, you know, boundaries. They're, they're and, just not set up for that. Yeah, you're going to call them in a crisis and they're going to say, hey, call 911 if you've got a serious problem. Otherwise, I'll see you next Tuesday. Exactly. And so we need a community. And so, so, and community comes from a lot of different sources. And, and of course, you know, at Freedom U, we have freedom groups, which are so valuable, so important. And you can also develop that network of relationship with guys within your group where you can exchange phone numbers so that if you're in a, a crisis and urges and impulses are beginning to overwhelm you, you can call a buddy that is in one of your groups. Sure. Peer and, support or professional yeah, support to yeah, our coaches. Exactly. But, but also, in addition to that, I mean, let's face it, like, like, like any kind of a group is helpful. And even if they're doing Freedom U, you know, they should still seek out other forms of community. You're absolutely. And if there's honesty there and if the goal is freedom. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and here we're talking about SA and SAA and, and related groups. Yes. Very valuable. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, so. But like, not enough in and of itself. Exactly. It's, it's just one little piece and, and or even a big piece. And you can. I mean, I've gained valuable tools and insights and community through those types of groups. Mm -hmm. and, and, but they only gave a small part, a small, they only have a small perspective of the overarching uh, strategy for well-being. Yeah, they're not going to pull out the roots of, no. of your disease. No, they're not. And the program tends to be more of the focus than even sometimes the tools. Okay. And, and for a lot of guys, that is their only community, and that is their only sense uh, or source of help. And so it sort of becomes like their church in a sense. Yeah. But, but from our perspective here at Freedom U, obviously, that's, that may be an important element of getting help, but it, it's, it's not going, it's not actually going to really be helping a whole lot of people. I mean, some people can get help through that. I mean, some people can just make a decision to stop doing whatever and just stop. Other people need... I've seen that like uh, twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it can happen. It can. You know, and, and for most of us, we want yes. to think that we can make that happen. We can be yeah. that 2%. Right. That didn't, you know, work. didn't then, work for me. And then, I mean, let's say another 10, 20% get help through a 12-step kind of a program. But there's an 80%, you know, there's 80% of guys out there who go through those kinds of things and they're still not getting well after... One year, two years, three years, they're stuck. And, and that tells you that, you know, the quality and the comprehensiveness of the, the help they saw just wasn't up to, you know, beating this thing. Yeah, so here they are. They have a desire to get help, but there's just not the yeah. adequate resource yeah. for them to get help. So why is it so difficult to get help, you know, with our sexual problems? Well, first of all, it's really difficult to ask for help. You know, it's, it's, we minimize, we deny, we isolate, we're embarrassed, we're, we're afraid of the consequences of dealing with our stuff. Shame. And then, yeah. Shame. Fear of rejection. Yeah, exactly. And so then along with that, once we do decide to get help, finding the resources are so difficult to come across. Uh, you know, we read a book, we go to a 12-step group, we see a counselor, and we're still struggling. It's like, exactly. what do we do? We don't know where to invest our time and money. In, in the recovery process. Yeah, so 
So our goal today in our podcast was really to, to just sort of make you guys aware of, of the problem, but also we want to, to offer you some hope. We want to invite you to check out freedomu.net and check out the resources that we have. We are the number one comprehensive online program, and we have a proven plan and a proven process to help you live free and to live well. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Hey guys, it's Kevin here. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at freedomu.net for more resources. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Until next time, live free and live well.